This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. It's Monday morning. Mike Bernard is up next as an analytical strategist. He helps churches, mission organizations, and you and I to understand this season that we live in. If I say it again, I suppose if I have a rant for every time I've said this, we're trying to get our heads around the season. They're changing all the time, and we're finding the next one just as confusing as the one before. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, Brad. And good morning to the listeners. Hope all is well in your side of the world. Yes, thank you so much. Um, traveled to the northwestern province this past weekend for yeah. Mission Week there. And uh, you know, Brad, you talk about the seasons. It seems like there's a, a great awareness amongst the body of Christ about the season that we live in. And a lot of people refer to Mark 13, where he talks about wars and earthquakes and famines. Mm. And saying we're living in the end times. So, so where are we at the moment? I think it's an important thing. I did some research and obviously spoke about this this weekend as well. If if we look at wars and rumors of wars, there are twenty armed conflicts in the world today. We we basically know about Gaza, Israel. We know about Ukraine, Russia. Mm. But there's the Sudans, there's the Yemens, there's the Mexicos and Colombia. So so there's about twenty armed conflicts, which um results in a combined death toll of about 250,000 people per year. Then if you look at earthquakes, I mean, listen to this. Last year alone, 2023, there were 13,816 earthquakes um, with a scale greater than 4.00 on the Richter scale. So the biggest one, obviously, was Turkey and Syria with more than 60,000 people dead. If we look at famines in the world today, Brad, mm. we look at 1.2 billion people in 111 developing countries um, suffering acute, multidimensional poverty. And then if we look at persecution, you know, Jesus said um, in Mark 13, you will be brought before governors um, and you will be flogged in the synagogues. Um, we see the highest level of persecution ever in history with, with 365 million Christians suffering high levels of persecution. That means one in every seven Christians in the world um, suffer persecution, and one in five in Africa. But the important thing for me, Brad, is in verse 10, Jesus looks at, he describes what the world will look like, and then he says these words in verse 10. He says, but the gospel must first be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. We need to understand this morning as Christians, as much as we look at the world and we think we're in the end time, we're not there yet. We are in the beginning of the end. You know, the, the Mark 13 talks about the signs of the close of the age. This is the birth pains. There's still a tremendous task that needs to be done. Of the, of the 17,000 people groups in the world, 7,000 are still unreached. So 42% of the world that we live in have not yet heard the gospel of Jesus. That's 3.4 billion people that still need to hear the gospel wow. of Christ. And I want to say wow. Christians, don't talk about the second coming of Christ when there are people in this world who have not heard about his first coming. So yeah, Brad, this morning, I think just a reminder that we, we live in serious times. 
Um, but we need to, to understand that we as Christians still have a, a major task to fulfill on planet Earth. When you shared that number, it was almost almost impossible to believe that with all the work that has been done and with technology and the fact that it's 2024, that there's just only more than half of the planet that has heard about Jesus. It's almost impossible to believe. But I suppose we can make assumptions till the cows come home. We're not going to get very far on that. But when you deliver the fact, it's very sobering. Yeah, and I, I can tell you, Brad, I've been there. I've, you know, we've traveled into China into some of the remote areas where, where literally millions of people live. And, I mean, we we went into villages where we sat down with the chief of the village. And, and, and this was just one of those surreal experiences. And we sat down. And the first thing that happened when we sat down is the, the chief um, offered us Coca-Cola. He actually had access to Coca-Cola. And then on, immediately he started talking about their gods. And he showed us on the wall the icons. And how they pray to the icons for rain and a good season. And and then we said to him, you know, we, we also pray to our God, but we pray to our God, Jesus. He's never heard the name once in his life. He's heard about Coca-Cola, but he's never and once in his life heard about the name Jesus. In Vietnam, we traveled um, in a taxi. And we asked the taxi driver, we started talking to him and we asked him, have you ever heard about Jesus? And he, he looked at us and he said, is he an American? That was his first response. My goodness. Never heard of Christ. So I can tell you, I've met those people in the Middle East. I mean, people know Jesus, but they know him as a prophet, um, not as the Son of God, the Redeemer, the Savior, you know. So, yeah, Brad, as we travel, you know, through Syria and the Middle East and Asia, man, we still have a major task to do. And, you know, when, when Paul said, you know, that um, through his suffering, he completes what was lacking on the cross, the one thing that Jesus could not do on the cross was display it to the ends of the earth. Um, full salvation came through the cross, but the one thing Jesus could not do is display it to the ends of the cross, and that's what we need to do. We need to display the cross of Jesus in our own nation and to the ends of the earth. Mike, um, just, uh, and Almer wants, sh- wants to ask something of you as well. Um, so go ahead, Almer, you go first. Nee, ek wil net eerst sê, goeiemorgen Mike, ja, dit laat my denk, daar is so'n program, um, kyk wie praat, wat hulle met jongelinge praat, en hulle noem hulle die klein klitse, maar ek lach nou sommer toe ek terugdink, een keer toe vraag hulle ook nou vir die jongspan, wie is Sia Kulisi? En die ene sê, sy is, dadadadada, maar ek verstaan nie, eers gebeur, eers gebeur is een man nie, maar is kostelik, maar joh, mens kan dit nie, mens kan jou dit nie indink nie, wat jy sê vanochtend nie, en, Ja, beide, het, ons praat nou vanochtend oor een ijskas, jy weet, en of het leeg is en of het volgeplak is, en ek denk sommer net aan jou, en hoe ver jy al gereis het, en as jou ijskas verteenwoordigend moet wees, van waar jy al ooral was, en wat jy beleef het, jo, hoe daai sal gelijk het vir ons allemaal. Ja, ons ijskas, weet jy, as een mens so reis, kry jy baie keer, baie sentimentele geskenkies van, van die christene wat jy ontmoet in geslote lande, en dit is ons sachtlik kostbaar, dit is nie altyd die mooiste magneet nie, en dit is ook nie altyd die mooiste dingetje nie, <laughs> Maar dit is die kostbaarste dingetje wat jy op aarde kan kry. En dit sit ons op die ijskuis. Jy weet, want ja. elke keer as ons dit sien, dan weet ons om vir die persoon te bid. Hmm. En ons weet wow. om vir die land te bid. So ons sit op ons ijskuis, het ons magneekies of, 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 jy weet, goeikies wat ons ontvang het uit Syrië en, en Iran en, en jy weet, vis, Vietnam, verskye lande. En dit bring ons sachtelike herinneringe terug van die lichaam van Christus hmm. wat ons lekker saampunt. Hmm. Hmm. Dit is so kostbaar. Mike, you know, when you, you think about people like that, 
taxi driver that you're referring to and that chief that, yeah. that's never heard about Jesus. Uh, I think it probably be it wouldn't be a, a crazy guess to assume that there are people in our very own city and maybe even in our areas of influence that have heard the name of Jesus, but they actually don't know who he really is because some nobody's well, ever nobody's ever lived him out in their presence. No one's ever explained it to them properly. And, and I guess sometimes we're full of so, so many assumptions because we live in South Africa. Everybody surely must be churched or somewhere along the line. And um, um, Professor Stefan Yubad once said, we had him on, on the show, and he said, have you ever prayed for somebody next to you in the traffic? Because he said, do you realize that there are people who don't care for God, who don't care for church, never have been, never will, and neither do the people in their, in their lives. So nobody would ever, ever pray for that person, ever in their life. So if you don't do it, imagine going your entire life never being prayed for. And, and I guess it's also true to know that there are people in our spaces that have heard the name of Jesus, but don't really know who he is. Critically important, Brad. You know, one of the things I speak of, um, about at Mission Weeks, we obviously talk about the unreached people groups in the Middle East and Asia mm-hmm. and across the world. But then I ask the audience, uh, do you know that of the unreached people groups in South Africa, and this is according to the Joshua Project, do you know about the unreached people groups in South Africa? And I have not had heard one Christian that can give me an answer because we focus on the unreached groups across our borders, but we yeah. sometimes forget, Brad, that we've got unreached groups. The Boipiri um, Bihari is a Hindu group in Durban. It's it's an unreached people group. They've never heard the, the gospel of Jesus. We look at the, the people of the Burkhaf. We look at the um, Somali refugees. We look, look at a specific Jewish community in Cape Town. So just in Cape Town alone, alone where you live, you've got three unreached people groups that are classified according to the Joshua Project with less than 5% believers. Um, unreached people groups in our own region. And it's so critically important what you're saying. You know, in our own spaces, we see them, we live with them, we travel with them. And and uh, I, I can just share this wonderful story. You know, we I think we came back from China once and we flew via Dubai. And it was just an incredible um, experience. We sat at the airport and we were waiting for our connecting flight when we saw a group of people coming on, and, and they obviously um, returned from the Hajj, um, from Mecca, and they had with them bottles of holy water, and um, we looked at them, and they looked fairly radical, you know, mm. and we we just watching them walking past, and suddenly they heard us speaking Afrikaans, and, and the one, the leader of this group that just returned from Mecca walked up to us, and he said to us, I see my bruise. But it was the rugby And you know, I, I, I just sat and I realized we have something so wonderful in common. And, and at that moment, I just knew talking about rugby, I also have the opportunity of sharing what's precious to me. Mm. And that's Jesus. And they can share what's precious to them because they just returned from a holy journey as well. And, and you know, if we can start connecting with one another through the things that bind us together. Mm. There's such a beautiful commonality in this nation of ours. So let us let us use what binds us together to also share what's precious to us, and that's Jesus Christ. We love that. From Mike Bernard, who's an analytical strategist, helping churches, mission organizations, and right now you and I to understand the season that we live in. Mike, much love to you. Appreciate your time and your efforts and your heart, and we look forward to connecting again next week. Always a joy. Thank you, Brad, and to the listeners, a wonderful week.
This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.